0: Welcome to the weekly message from Raymer Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at raymer.org.au forward slash media. Uh, so we're on our seventh week of our series that we're, we called Where's the Power? And we've just been looking at, you know, where's God's power at? And we've been seeing it, that God's power is in, it varies, is in various things. So we're going to continue today, and we're going to talk about Joy Power. And then next week, our conference starts, Impact. It starts on Sunday morning. I really encourage you to bring somebody next Sunday morning and the other, other meetings. We have Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday morning, Monday night, Tuesday morning, and Tuesday night. And uh, the way it's gone in other years when we have Mark and Trinicum, Mark preaches a great word on Sunday morning, and then starting on the night services, We'll have three night services. And we've had, you know, a little of everything, but we have moves of the Holy Spirit. And maybe some people, uh, I, I know some people may be afraid of those. I used to be afraid of those things, but I tell you, I'm, I'm not afraid any longer. And they're wonderful. So uh, we, we probably can expect the same thing to happen this conference, too, on the, in the night meetings. And then the morning meetings are all going to be just teaching. And so it'll be a wonderful time. And I've said that all that to say I'm sure we'll have some joy. Uh, i'm sure we'll have some joy going on okay so we're going to talk about joy power romans chapter 14 and verse 17 it says for the kingdom of god is not a matter of eating and drinking but of righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit so what you see there is part of what the kingdom of god is it is joy so we want to talk about joy power today so our roadmap for today is this we're going to have a definition what joy is we're going to talk about things that endeavor to steal our joy Uh, The joy of divine origin, you know, just where does joy come from God's promise to Christians the benefits of joy And then lastly we're going to talk about walking and living in joy So without wasting any time let's talk. Just give us easy definition of what joy is and joy That the Greek word for the that that scripture we just looked at that Greek word It's just simply means joy gladness and calm delight But what I thought was interesting about that calm delight even that calm delight implies that joy is resident and permanent even when not being expressed outwardly. Okay, so for Christians, uh, even if we don't have a smile on our face, we should still have joy on the inside. We do have it. Now, you know the old saying, it's like, hey, are you happy? Yes. Well, then why don't you inform your face, you know, and uh, that you're happy because you can't tell by looking at you. But really for, you know, but for Christians, even, even if we're, we're not always smiling, I like that calm delight, you know, even if we're not doing something that we're manifesting with laughter and all that, we still have joy on the inside of us. It's like permanent, it resides there. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but before we do, let's just talk about a few things like things that would endeavor to still our joy, Okay, so just some of the things that can do that stressful relationships Yeah, like a stressful relationship will definitely try to rob the joy from Christians, okay? this another one is a big one is unforgiveness and We'll talk a little bit about that later, but uh, unforgiveness will definitely rob us of our joy, okay? Uh, another one uh, would be depression or oppression, you know and if you believe there is a devil, and I, I mean, you know, from all of my Christian walk, I know that the devil really exists. I guess there may be some Christians that don't believe he exists, and p- people in the world definitely, they really don't know if there's a devil. But the devil really does exist, and what he would like to do is he would like to come and try to depress and oppress Christians. And depression and oppression is definitely a joy stealer, okay? And then there's even an incorrect thought life like having a thought life that doesn't line up with God's Word, just an incorrect thought life, definitely thinking wrong all the time can be like a joy stealer for Christians, all right? And then having a consistently wrong lifestyle. So I I put the word consistently there because, you know, no Christian will ever be perfect. And every Christian is going to make a mistake uh, if you haven't learned that yet or if you have been expecting to someday to arrive to a place of perfection, you would probably have your joy stolen <laughs> because there's, no, there's not this idealistic place of perfection in Christianity and every Christian will make a mistake. But, but having a lifestyle that's consistently, where it's just like consistently, that can rob people's joy. Okay? And, uh, and so that's a joy stealer and then also uh, you can receive a bad report about finances like uh, you owe money and you owe it now and you don't have the money or a bad report about your health and those are all the kind of different things that can steal or rob our joy okay we don't have to let those rob us of our joy but they definitely are real and they can rob us of our joy. Okay, now look at these. Uh, look, look at this here picture. Here. You see that guy there? He's doing some treasure hunting, and if you notice, he's standing on dirt, and he's digging in the dirt. Okay, now isn't it interesting? The Bible talks about that God. We were made out of dirt. Okay, and so he's got. He's trying to get through dirt to get the treasure. So just think of yourself as your, your flesh was made out of dirt. We're all dirt. That's what God made us. But then we all have treasure on the inside of us. And so sometimes what happens is the treasure is suffocated by the dirt. You know? Look at, look at that, that next pick, You know, the treasure, that, that treasure, there's some nice treasure there and you notice that it's got dirt around it, but they found some treasure. See, we, we have treasure on the inside, and what, 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 what happens is sometimes our dirt, our flesh, will try to suffocate that, and it just doesn't, it doesn't come out, you know? So different things in life will try to affect our dirt and get our dirt involved. The Bible says that we're a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. So we're, we're, we, have, um, we have that body that we live in. Our spirits have been redeemed. Our minds are being redeemed as we renew them, but our bodies are not going to be redeemed until uh, either the rapture or after we get to heaven. That's when the redemption of our body takes place. In the meantime, God will heal our bodies, but we don't have our permanent bodies until either the rapture comes or we get up to heaven. That's going to be our permanent bodies. Okay, but our our body, our flesh, it wasn't redeemed as far as we can say as far as sin goes. So that's why, you know, the flesh wants to do the wrong thing and the spirit wants to do the right thing and then this thing in the middle, this bump we have in the middle, if we renew our mind, our mind comes in union with what our spirit wants to do and we we do that. But if we don't renew our mind, it'll gang up with our flesh and our flesh is always going to want to do the wrong thing. So that flesh that we have, that dirt, tries to suffocate all the treasure and all the fruits of the Spirit that are already in us, and joy is one of those fruits, okay? So here's something to remember. The fruit of of joy is still in us to help us even when we act contrary to it. So even if you throw a pity party, you still have joy on the inside of you even though you decide you're going to have a grumpy day i never watched that movie because i didn't i didn't really care that, to watch the grumpy old men they came out with a movie remember it's called grumpy old men and i guess jack nicholson was in it and he's not one of my favorite guys because i don't know he just, i just never really liked him so i wasn't going <laughs> to spend any money to watch jack nicholson but um but they had a movie called grumpy old men you know you don't have to be grumpy But if you choose to be grumpy, and have a grumpy day, joy is still on the inside. You know it's still there, regardless of what you do. So look at this pic. You know sometimes, you know we just want to. If you ever feel like just quitting, you know, you know, you just want to give up and then you want to quit. But just know that even if you had some grumpy days, you know, and maybe you haven't had joy bubbling out of you for a while. Don't quit because, you know, the treasure just could, the treasure's right there. You're real close to that treasure. All you really have to do is decide you're going to let the joy come out and, uh, and not be grumpy or not be sad and allow different things to bother you. So we want to talk about this today, okay? So here's the first thing we want to say about joy. The joy, I just call it the joy of divine origin, okay? The joy of divine origin. So I didn't grow up as a Christian. We were in church every Sunday, as you've heard, on the front row, and my father made us sit on the front row, and mother, we had to do that, and we had, at the time, we had seven boys in our family, and so we were like the model family in our church. Okay, and everybody, you know, the the priests made sure they pointed out how our family was on the front row and how we were there every week. So I grew up that way my father was very consistent and he and he had good things about him But I wasn't born again Even though I sat on the front row because we didn't hear the gospel So if you you can't get saved if you don't hear the gospel and nobody ever opened a Bible up and said you must be born again So there was really no way to get saved because I never heard it but so because of that I didn't know God and so my idea of joy was and we finally got our first television after a while because like it took a while for my father to be able to buy a television. So you get a television, and you can watch the Ed Sullivan Show, and he had comedians. Because if you don't know God, you know, so you think, okay, the comedian's on, and he tells jokes, and then you laugh. Ha, 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 you know? Or when I got older, you go out to the club. You know, they were discos and nightclubs back in my day. That's what we call them, and you got drunk. And you get drunk, and then, you know, when you get drunk, you laugh with all your friends, and, okay, now are we having fun now? You know, and, and that's joy. Or then you learn some jokes, and you sit around, and you either tell jokes with people, and, you know, uh, and, and, or you, you know, you toast people or roast them, whatever you say. You, you just, you know, do all the sarcastic stuff and have some sarcasm and that's what I thought joy was. You know, because in the world, how do, you know, what does the world think about joy? Okay? So look at this scripture Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 13. It says sorrow. It says sorrow may hide behind laughter And you know, I just realized before I became a Christian, you know, I tried to do things to be happy But it was really that kind of thing just covers up what you really feel so my brother, you know uh, he I told you the story he died Uh, He drowned when I was 23 and he was 21 He he was gone and so I remember how my brother Joe and I we went to the disco the nightclub and We bought a bottle of vodka and we just sat on the hood of our car and we just drank vodka We passed it back and forth and went through a bottle of vodka because we we were sorrowful and we were trying to make ourselves happy and Because we thought if we could just get happy it would help but th- see that just is there's the laughter and a thing out there it just what that does it just tries to cover up sorrow and th- you might have it at nighttime when you get drunk or whatever you do but the next morning when you wake up you wake up with the sorrow and that's really how it was before I got to know Jesus but then there came a day that somebody preached the gospel to me and I confessed Jesus as my lord and I believe God raised him from the dead and He became my Savior. And at that very moment, I had a joy come on the inside of me, a fulfillment. I, I don't know how to explain it, but the burden lifted off me. Peace came. Joy came. And I never even had a desire at that time. I, I never really planned on drinking again after that because I just had such a conversion that I, why do I need that, okay? Okay. And so that's kind of like what happened in my life. So look at this scripture. We're talking about this joy that the world doesn't have this joy. all right. So John chapter 15 and verse 11, it says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. Now, so that's really what, what I want you to notice. That See, there's this joy that's divine, right? And he said, my joy can be in you all right so we as christians we have a joy that nobody else has and it's in us all right so here's something else about us god made a promise to christians and i want you to notice this promise that god made to christians look at isaiah chapter 61 and verse 1 it says this it says the spirit of the sovereign lord is on me because the lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness uh, and release from darkness for the prisoners. All right, so you know, just to remind you guys that Jesus preached this in the book of Luke, chapter 4, this is what Jesus preached in his hometown. Okay, so he preached this message, he was the one that was sent to fulfill this. All right, so this is talking to us, the church. So look at, in verse number 2, it says, "...to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn." And then look at this, "...directed at the church, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair." they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Awesome scripture, but notice now, one of the distinguishing marks of Christianity is joy and gladness, happiness, whatever you want to call it, praise. That's one of the distinguishing marks of Christianity. And isn't it also interesting that after he said that, he said they're going to be called oaks of righteousness. Now, I liked shop class. You know, you guys have heard my stories about how I was a troublemaker when I went to school. I got an A, you know, that's how we had grading back. We didn't have assessments, but we had A, B, C, and D, and F. And I had D and Fs in a lot of things, but one thing I got an A in was shop class because I liked working with wood. And I just knew from way back then that oak, oak wood was expensive and oak wood was a really strong wood. So when that talks about being called oaks of righteousness that's talking about an oak of righteousness when that is planted it's not easy to move it's not easy to move so isn't it interesting right after it talks about the oil of gladness and the garment of praise they're going to be called oaks of righteousness and it's a planting of the lord and look at for the display of his splendor well i was just thinking you know well these ladies just gave a testimony on how they got somebody saved I would probably say that that young girl they got saved, noticed they were happy. Now what happened in, what happened in Italy, I, we lived there for 10 years, and so they, they still need a lot to happen in that country for people getting saved. Um, but we lived there for 10 years, but we, we talked the Pentecostals over there, their big struggle is they feel like they're fighting the Catholic Church and it's monstrous. I mean, it's, in, it's everywhere. It's even the government and the mafia, they're all, they were all involved in it. You know, it's like monsters. And the Pentecostals are sitting back thinking, you know, they want, they want to help it, but they can't. And so for so many years, well, what's happened is that a lot of the Pentecostals walk, over there, walk around there and they're so sad because they just haven't been able to do what they want to do and that's get people saved. They just can't get, they can't get them to see that you must be born again. And so... They walk around looking sad so we had when we lived there. We had Catholics tell us they said two things They said number one there seems to be a little Pentecostal church or not just Pentecostal There seems to be Protestant churches on every corner. They said can't you guys get along? You all have to you know, can't you you know how's come you just have everything splitting all the time and then they said and not only that those people look so sad why would we want what they have when we're happier than they are and and that's what that's what the catholics told us about the the what they call the protestants they called me a protestant once and i said i'm not a protestant they go well you're not catholic i said but i'm not a protestant they said why not i said i'm not protesting that really befuddled them (laughs) but they they said why would i want that so one of the distinguishing marks of christianity is for the display of His splendor. And it seems to be related that, like, we should be the happiest people on the earth. Christians should be. But there's so many things out there that try to rob us of our joy that a lot of times Christians aren't. Okay, Uh, look at this picture of Jesus, you know. I was so happy when modern-day Hollywood decided to start making some movies with a happy Jesus instead of the serious, somber Jesus that we've seen for so long. Now, even the Bible says that Jesus had the oil of gladness above his brethren. What does that mean? Well, it seems as though Jesus was the happiest person on the earth at that time. He had the oil of gladness, and it was above all of his brethren. So, really, Hollywood got it right. They get a lot wrong, but they got that one right. Because Jesus was the happiest person that walked on the earth and really for Christians joy joy. We we have to understand we should be happy We should be happy now Tim my hospital mate was here at early service he had a suit and tie on and he he you know he I, I introduced him to the congregation and he him and his uh, girlfriend were here Kim and one of the things about the what Tim noticed I didn't start preaching the gospel to him when he was in my hospital. The first thing that he noticed that our family got along like Patsy and the girls would come to visit me, and he saw that we laughed and had fun together, and then we started to laugh and have fun with him, and it really wasn't, he heard I was a pastor, and when he heard I was a pastor, he immediately said he was sorry for all the cussing he did, it was, and, uh, and I said, hey, I'm not here to condemn you, you know, uh, don't worry about that, but he cleaned up his language a little bit once he found out I was a pastor but what I think had the biggest effect on him was the fact that he saw we were happy. So I had a near-death experience, and I went, was in ICU, uh, and then I get wheeled into that ward room, and you think after going through that, you would say, poor, yeah, I, I just refuse to do the poor old me thing and have a pity party because I have, first of all, joy on the inside. So we were... Laughing and having fun, and there was something really funny that happened uh, one day. There was a guy that, uh, that they, There was a, a male nurse walking around a man that just had a stroke and he was you know a big enough guy that he was hard to Control so he actually came into our room. He didn't know where he was He just had a stroke and they were there. He was there for rehabilitation So he came into our room and walked right by my bed. Thank the Lord <laughs> And he he walked over to Tim's Tim's bed Tim was in his bed, and we were talking uh, we had four in our room and he just went like this and he goes boink and he, he knocked Tim right out of his bed. He got into Tim's bed and put the covers on and went to sleep. It was hilarious. And we're, we're I mean, it, it, oh, it was so fun that night. But, and I knew Tim was a big tough guy, you know, and he, because when I first got rolled in there he was telling everybody off and, but he actually then walked across and just sat on the opposite side of the room with an 80 year old man uh, and just, like, was very patient and had some compassion. So after about 10 minutes, the guy woke up, got out, and just left. And Tim told the nurse, please change my sheets, you know. <laughs> but uh, but we, we just had a lot of fun. So he got released from the hospital, and I still was in there. The next thing he did is he came to church here on Sunday. Patsy was ministering that Sunday. And then he got, I mean, he got prayed for. I don't know if he understood what he did. But later on, David and Lindy helped make him uh, help explain to him that he was born again and then he got filled with the holy spirit now he and his they're just so involved and he's like a different person but my whole point is one of the things that attracted him was that we were happy you know and so christianity you know church should be a fun place you know the bible says god sits up in the heaven and he laughs god's up there laughing that's what the you know he we we think of him as being real somber up there and you know have a fly swatter in his hand ready to swat us you know, and just real legalistic and everything. You better get it all right, and it better be in order. And and, and actually, when it talks about the, the the kings of the earth and everybody's trying to rebel against God, it says He sits up there and laughs. It even says He sings over us with joy. God is happy. Okay. So so let's just talk about some of the benefits of joy. So here's the first thing. Uh, here's the first thing. Uh, well, even going back, I just wanted to say one thing about that scripture about that we're the, the oaks and for God's splendor. It's interesting that it says we'll be planted and we'll be like oaks of righteousness. And here's the thing about Christianity. Without understanding righteousness, it's hard to be joyful. And it's kind of like that. In, it, 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 you, know, you put the order, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The first thing you want to do, and, and my brother-in-law's coming, and he's really good on the subject of righteousness. I, I can't control him and make him preach on it, but understanding righteousness is a big thing because Christians that don't understand it, they're always down they're, because their eyes are on themselves, and they're never satisfied with how they live. Righteousness is really big for, keep, make, for being able to stay joyful, Okay. All right, let's look at some of the benefits of joy. So the first one is a joyful heart is good medicine. Okay, and it just says that a joyful heart is good medicine. So even the medical doctors say that. You know, uh, my mother dealt with arthritis, and you know, it's, they say that, hey, if you're, my mother was a professional worrier, she worried a lot, and she worried all the time. And she worried, so she just tried to, she didn't let us do things So she wouldn't have to worry about it when we're doing it so I would say hey I want to go to Cleveland that was like the big city. It was about 45 or 50 minutes away from where you know You're not going to Cleveland. Why it's too far away. I don't want you driving that far Because she didn't want to worry about me doing a 45 or 50 minute drive to Cleveland She just tried to control everything so she didn't have to worry and then what happened is we became Christians and then the Lord called us to do things, and then I'm flying all over the world, going everywhere. I go into Indonesia during the bird flu thing and all these other things. And it's like, how could she worry about it? Well, I, I basically didn't tell her a lot of things I was doing because I didn't want her to worry. <laughs> but they say one of the things, like worrying, when you worry, that can mess with your physical body. And, you could, and so bitterness and worry, and all, that can actually cause arthritis. And the medical doctors will tell you, there's certain things that we can do that has an effect on our physical body. And, and so th- these kind of, like, joy is actually medicine. And so you've probably heard stories where they put somebody in a room with laughing gas, and they, put the, they let the laughing gas out, and the person laughs. The medical doctors have done experiments with that. And they, they've had people laugh themselves out of sickness and disease. Okay? So joy, the Bible says it, like it's a good medicine. It's, it's good to be happy you know joyful but and not just the kind that covers up sorrow but it's a joy that it doesn't cover up sorrow it er, it erases sor- sorrow it erases it demolishes it you know another th- benefit of joy is joy is our strength so in, in Nehemiah it says this day is sacred to the Lord our Lord do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength okay so it's a good medicine And joy the Bible says is our strength so for Christians the devil knows if he can steal your joy he can steal your strength so this came when I was meditating on this this came to my heart here Uh, to the same degree that sorrow weakens us the joy of the Lord strengthens us okay so allowing yourself to be grumpy or sorrowful or allowing yourself to be that weakens you but deciding that you're going to rejoice and let God's joy out—that is what strengthens us. Okay, so you can understand uh, that what we're going to say here. Then, let's just talk about practically now about walking and living in joy. So here's the first thing. Number one, if you want to walk and live in this, here's very important: you have to choose to let go of the past. It's necessary choose to let go of the past if you want to have joy today and so what does that mean well here, here's the thing uh you it's I, I had this statement that came in i'll just say it all abundant living starts with forgiving and forgetting and looking forward so if you want abundant life a rich blessed fruitful life abundant life joyful all abundant living starts with forgiving and forgetting okay so that is really an important one it's really hard to have joy today if we don't take care of what happened yesterday so you can understand if you sit around and say that person hurt me that that person really hurt me that's a joy robber big time so what some of the things I don't let come out of my mouth and believe me uh, just because I stand up here and preach and teach doesn't mean that I'm perfect in any way I don't even deserve nobody deserves to do this but God by his grace calls us and and that's the only reason that anybody would do this because he he ordained it and uh he needs to use people to help people it's not because anybody's so great Uh, but but although that's true I try to take the word of God and apply it to my life so some of the things I don't let come out of my mouth are you really offended me I'm so offended. I won't let that. Now here's the thing, somebody can be the king, there could be people that are like the king and queen of offense. They're like professional offenders. But just because they're offensive doesn't mean that I have to let them offend me. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So I don't let that come out of my mouth. And really, no Christian should say, you offended me. That shouldn't come out of a But you know, it takes a little bit of work And you you train yourself not to let that come out of your mouth. You train yourself. Another thing I don't let come out of my mouth is I'm so stressed out. (laughs) It doesn't mean that I'm, I'm, I I could be in a very stressful situation. Because, I mean, like in, in my line of work, there can be very stressful situations. But I won't let that come out of my, even if the situation is stressful, I'm not going to say I'm so stressed out. And the reason I don't do that, because I'm not going to buy into that. I'm not going to claim that I'm stressed out. I won't claim it and receive it. Even though if that is like, I'm going to trust God in that situation, the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to trust Him for strength in that situation, and I'm not going to take it on and make it mine because then as soon as where do you draw the line if you say it one time i'm i'm so stressed out well then you're going to say it the next time and you'll keep talking it to where you're going to be stressed out all the time okay so to to have this kind of a joy you don't you don't let those things you don't claim it receive it buy it buy into it you don't want to do that okay okay so we it's just a a different way of living where we start taking what we have from God and bringing it into our life and applying it It, it might not happen overnight Okay, and, and then there's certain things like one of my now I might have a strength in an area Where you're weak or you might have a strength where I'm weak and so my my weakness was uh, with fear and it's only the kind of fear that had to do with medical doctors where I know my brother, Joe, when he heard about the situation where I put myself in the hospital because I refused to go to a doctor, and so my mother told him what happened to me, and he told my mother, he goes, I love going to the doctor. I don't understand Tony. I mean, I like, the doctor's my friend. I became friends with my doctor, you know. My brother couldn't understand me, but you know, so that was like a weakness. But I had, I really had to apply God in that, so one, and it's like, a, you can put needles in me all day, I can look at blood, because I, I was a tradie, and I cut my hands all the time, and so blood doesn't scare me at all, or get needles, that, but it was that little blood pressure thing. As soon as, you know, as soon as I had to take my blood pressure, it's like, so that kept me, I just wouldn't go to a doctor just because, you know, I don't want that. And that kept me away, and it, But here's the thing now, now because I did what I did to myself, I had to get a procedure done, and hey, what do they have to do? you got to go in, and they have to do the pre-op thing, and you got to get your blood pressure, and then all this stuff, and then you got to go in there, and then all they do as soon as you get checked in is to every hour, they come with this little thing they roll on the floor to check your blood pressure, and I thought, this is either going to kill me, if I don't do something, I could kill myself out of fear. I, I realized that. So... I, I have to get this uh, procedure done, and and I, but I'm thinking I got to live to the procedure. I mean, I don't want to die before it happens out of fear. I'm ser- so that was my weakness. So, so I have to practice what I preach. So, so the morning came. I almost walked out of the hospital the night before my procedure because I, I, I mean, because when I went to check in, my blood pressure was so high. It was all fear. I, I don't have a problem with high blood pressure, but it was fear. And it was the fear of it that made it really get up high. And I thought, thought, man, i got to get out of here. I don't want to die because of this thing. But I stayed. I stayed there, but I didn't apply God's word. I just stayed there. And I I took deep breaths, and and my blood pressure went down, but it was all natural just by breathing deep. But the next morning now, I'm having to go into surgery, and then I'm really starting to get fearful, and I'm thinking, I'm just going to walk out of here right now. I don't care. I've just got to get out of here. But... I decided to apply you know apply the Word of God at that moment. I thought no if I run from this now I got to go through the whole procedure again to get checked back in to do all that stuff and I'm gonna eventually have to do it anyway so I'm not gonna run from this and you know the next thing I did is I took the name of Jesus and I spoke to the fear and I commanded fear to get off my body, I commanded fear off me. I start speaking peace to my body, and I commanded my body to be peaceful. and, and Instead of running from it, I, I applied what the Bible says to do, and peace came all over me. Everything went back into order because of the peace of God coming. And then they roll me into the theater, and I'm all peaceful. And the guy, what's the, the anesthesiologist, is there, and and he said, are you ready, and I said, give it to me. Yeah. I did, and he, put, and he gave me the funny gas, and, I, and the next thing I know, I'm waking up. But I, that, was my, that was a weakness of mine that might not be a weakness of yours. So, but see, but what I feel like a strength of mine is I've, ever since I found out what the Bible says, I refuse to let somebody offend me, and that would be one of my strengths. You know, so if you wanna come and punch me in the nose after service, I'm not gonna be offended. <laughs> And maybe you'll help my nose get a little smaller, because my wife thought I had a big nose. She even prayed that our children wouldn't get my nose. So maybe you can help shrink it for me. No, but I'm just saying. <laughs> just it's one of those days, okay? So you know what they call like holy? They, they've put a name on it called holy laughter. And So, you know, we might have some of that coming up here, but here's the thing about it You can come to a special meeting and you can get drunk in the Holy Ghost and laugh and you can roll on the floor And i've done all of it, you know, and uh But if you don't if you have forgiveness in your life or you even have a fear like that fear was robbing me of my joy Like I I, you had to do some treasure hunting when I was in the when I went into the hospital Where's the joy at right now because I was like really fearful and I had to I had to uh, I had to get that joy back, you know, so here's the thing, you know You can get in a special meeting and have all that kind of stuff But if you have for, you're going to revert back to unforgiveness or fear and stress or even your unrenewed thought life It'll come back and it'll steer your jo- steal your still your joy. So we you have to know that Just make a decision. I'm not going to walk in unforgiveness and I'm not going to I'm not going to let fear and stress come into my life or and I'm not going to let my unrenewed mind dominate me Okay And that's an important thing to do, to have joy consistently. Here's the next thing, uh, and we're we're getting ready to end here. The next thing to do to have joy, here's the thing, joy's already in you. And it's important to know that. Okay, so that scripture says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. So joy is one of the things that's already in us. We don't have to work for joy, it's already there. So you might listen to it. Like in the world, I listen to a comedian or you might get drunk or tell jokes. That's working for joy. In Christianity, you don't work for joy. You just release it. It's already in on the inside of us. It's there, okay? So we don't fabricate it. We just need to yield to it, okay? And then uh, I remember this happened with me when I, I wasn't saved very long. So this, this happened 34 or 35 years ago. And so for somebody to tell me that this whole thing about joy and laughter is of the devil, you can't tell me that, because 34 or 35 years ago, I was just a young Christian, and I went over to uh, somebody's house in the church I was going to, and I don't know the purpose. I don't remember if it was a Bible study, a small group. I don't even remember why I was there, but there was about five, six, or seven of us over there. And then we decided to just worship God a little bit we were all young believers and we just said let's worship god you know we were on our honeymoon as they say and we just wanted to use all of our time worshiping god so we just all start worshiping god and the glory of god fell into that house and we were all in the kitchen and we we all got so drunk in the holy spirit that we couldn't stand up this is like 34 or 35 years ago before anybody had these meetings that made it even popular We didn't copy, in other words, you can just do it because you heard a story or you're copying it, but this was so real, and we're all sitting on, we're just all on the floor, we can't even stand up, and we're so drunk, and so I got plastered in the world before I got saved, and when I used to drink the alcohol, you get so plastered, there were times that my tongue felt so thick. Does, any, does anybody ever have that when you drink alcohol and you can't talk, you go, you know, because your tongue seems so thick you can't even talk. I did that before I got saved with alcohol. You know what happened when I got filled, so filled with the Holy Ghost? I, my tongue felt like it was so big and I couldn't even, I tried to talk, it was, you know. And then it was like my, my hands, I looked at them and it's like I felt like I could see, the, you know, the, my spirit. It seemed like my hands were even bigger than they were And Smith Wigglesworth said, he said, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. And it was like, that was one of the most awesome experiences of joy. And that happened 30 or 34 or 35 years ago. Now, one thing sometimes that we do, if something like that happens, we try to fabricate it and make it happen again, which we can't. But I've had that happen on and off for the last 34 or 35 years with that kind of joy and laughter. And so no one can tell me that's not of God. Because I know that was of God. Okay, so, um, so like, look at this pick here. Like Here's the thing. Like, that's a tree, right? It, it's one tree, but there's nine different fruits. So the Holy Spirit is one spirit, but there's like nine different fruits, and one of those fruits is joy. And so we have joy on the inside of us already. Now here's the next thing real quickly. We can choose to rejoice in praise. It's like a choice, all right? So rejoicing is actually an act of faith. And if we decide we're going to pray, praising is an act of faith. So I remember when we were in Italy, we, we did a, a fit out in Italy of a building, and uh, we needed $10,000, and we needed it now. Uh, and so I remember doing this. We, I got up to the, the building that we were fitting out, and some of the rooms had a door on it. So my wife, Patsy, myself, are, are um our secretary and somebody else was up there, and we knew we needed 10,000. I said, let's go into this room, and we closed the door. You know what we did? We, had a re- we decided to rejoice, and we had a rejoicing party. And we started dancing around, jumping up and down, just put, praising God, our hands in the air, and we just praised and worshipped God. And you know, somebody gave $10,000 for what we were doing. God moved. You know, really, when we decide to praise and worship God, it positions us for God to move on our behalf when we decide to do that. So it's a wonderful thing, and, but we can choose to do it. So we can throw a pity party, we can, or we can choose to rejoice, okay? So James 1 and verse 2 and 3, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials in, in, of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. So the King James says, count it all joy. No, and, and that word count in the, in the Greek, it, it's kind of like an accounting term, like an accountant, like money. And it's like it's crediting something before you actually have it, if you look it up. So what, is, what does that mean? Even though it's a tough situation, you know, rejoice in it. Instead of, like, having a pity party and feeling sorry right there in it, you decide, I'm going to throw a party right now. I'm going to throw a party right now. And by doing that, it picks up all the heaviness that would be on us, but it also allows God to move on our behalf, and God will work for us. Okay, so, And then one last thing, and that's this, uh, about concerning the Holy Spirit. One of the attributes of the Holy Spirit is joy. Okay? So this attribute, look at, here's some, a few scriptures real quick. Psalm 16 and verse 11, notice that it says, in your presence is fullness of joy. So when God shows up, joy shows up, okay? Acts 13 and verse 52, it says, and the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit's there, there's joy there. Uh, Acts 2 verse 4, it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then look at verse 13. Uh, after they were filled, uh, this is, they, they started to act happy and had all kind of laughter so some somehow made fun of them and said they have had too much wine and then Peter stood up with the eleven raised his voice and addressed the crowd and he says fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem let me explain this to you and he says listen carefully to what I say verse 15 these men are not drunk as you suppose it's only the ninth hour of the morning although I do know people that have been drunk at nine o'clock in the morning but these men were not drinking alcohol at nine in the morning. He said, they're not drunk like you think they are. Then he said, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. So notice when the Spirit is in manifestation and the Holy Spirit is poured out, notice how joy is there. As a matter of fact, there was so much of God and so much of the Spirit there that they were acting like drunks. So one of the distinguishing marks of christianity is joy and gladness and and so it's really our choice are we going to let the joy flow out of us or are we going to let this dirt that we live in quench it and i say let's not do that let's let the joy flow and i i desire just so you know as pastor of this church you have my permission to be happy you're you have my permission to be joyful you don't have to be uh, you know uh, i was really happy i saw karen coming up here dancing a little bit i saw chloe and uh Kenzie over there doing a little dancing today during praise and worship, but I don't know your name But I saw you doing some back there and I was just I was just happy that they were expressing themselves and they were happy. I I desire to have a happy joyful uh, Bold in God church and and that's where we want to go. Praise God Father, I thank you so much for everyone that's here today Father, we just thank you father for the for the joy of the Lord. Thank you father God that there's so much power and joy that joy is our strength It's like medicine. Father, I thank you, Lord. Uh, We choose not to let this dirt that we live in quench us out, but we're going to let the joy come out, Father. We're going to let that joy destroy sorrow and grief. Father, we choose to forgive and forget, let go of things, and just enjoy your joy in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We're always Uh, encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story that you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church@raymer.org.au. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.